And we are back. Episode 40 of Journey to a Million. Number 40 here on a Tuesday at 3.12 p.m. What's going on? Why are we recording at this time? You might be wondering. And, you know, it, it's a wild time. I mean, Jared, Jared's the Jared. easy answer for this. <laughs> but um, the long the long answer that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about more. Jackson College now moved it all moved in. I myself, if you watch Drew's baseball crew, I was in a different spot. I mean, I'm a whole new spot right now. Moved over a little bit here to the right. So I'm in college and Jared's at home. So, but you might be wondering. Yeah, he's the reason a little bit. But how are you guys doing here on this Tuesday afternoon slash evening? Doing good. Just splendid. Could Would you say you're thriving? You know, use code J2M. Begin your you're journey. Yeah. We... You know, does we gotta talk about that. <laughs> we gotta talk about that football contest they got rolling out, and it starts next Thursday. So go check that out. Contests, how they work. You basically you got over unders for certain players. Everyone can choose from them. There's like 15 players, 15 props. You choose your favorite 10, and then you choose two backups in case those don't go through, and you just roll it out. I mean, it, it's a lot of fun, and you can win some money, and it, you know, go go prop up. Go join us in our journey to a million. Again, J2M at Drew Sports. You can go check on there. We have a link. We have the links of where you can go or just contact us individually on that at the, at, you know, Zach, you can see it's Zeros 21. There's Jared's. I'll, I'll let you see Jared's for a little bit. That's it though. <laughs> oh, hold on. There we go. Now you know. Okay. There's Zach's again. So you can go talk to Zach as well, but that's kind of for the announcement portion here. I want to roll and talk about best ball. You might be wondering, what is best ball? We were going to do a best ball draft today, but I guess, Zach, you threw some shade at Jared. Jared, maybe you can throw some shade at Zach. I mean, Zach's having some technical difficulties, so you will not be getting Like as always, yeah. But he is live right now. I mean, this is is a miracle. We are live right now, and Zach has not lagged out yet. So um, that's at least a plus to look at. But we're talking best ball. We're going to be doing a live draft on Underdog uh, at a later date. It got postponed, unfortunately, but just keep that in mind if you're interested. We had actually some people interested and reached out, but we had to cancel with having some issues here. But again, thank you to everyone who reached out, but we will be sure to have you on at a later date. So let's go. We're going to start with talking best ball. We're still going to talk about it so we can make that live draft a lot smoother when it goes through. So what is best ball? Best ball is... Exactly, you know, what what someone who likes drafting would do. It is, it basically takes out the waiver wire, takes out trades, takes out lineups, and it, you just draft your lineup, you draft players on your bench, and basically the highest scoring players get the starting spot for you each week, and you gain points for the week that way. And then sometimes you're playing against people. Sometimes it's total, it's like season long. So like it'll be total points the whole year, basically per week. There's some options with that, depending on how you play. I guess, do you guys have a preference of that? Would you rather do like season long where you're playing against everyone else or you're doing more of a head-to-head style? I kind of prefer head-to-head. Like I would like going against like one person per week and then like you split the cash prize that week and then you just go on to another, you know, next week. Because I just, I just feel like it's, you have one bad week and you're just out of the running, but it, it it works both ways. I don't know. I, I prefer head to head, but I'm not against the whole best ball style that uh, Underdog has. I mean, if you do like just total points for the total week, um, or like the total year, you know, points throughout the year, I think that really 
you really got to draft a good team that's going to be good every week. So you can't be inconsistent just win what's seven, eight weeks or whatever, make the playoffs and then do good. You really got to be good the whole year. And I think that um, kind of adds adds value to good drafting. And that, yeah, the- that's also. That's also why I couldn't draft like Brees Hall because like it just wasn't it's not consistent. Michael Carter's starting, I guess. There goes Zach. Maybe is he still here? Yeah, the, the margin of error, I guess. Going back to Zach's point, is Zach still here? But the margin of error is certainly a lot less when you are, um, you know, drafting in that aspect. But with best ball, you know, I guess to talk about it more, underdog. We got a credit here. They're they're the main ones who have this best ball. I don't know if they're really the founders, but they have driven the best ball world by storm with what they've done on that. They've been doing some great things. So we're going to utilize that platform, but then, you know, that's why we, we bring you to thrive. If you want to do the contest style, if you want to do like best ball, we recommend underdog personally. That's kind of where, you know, they, they're kind of like in in their own league in that aspect. They're certainly just doing great things there for that. But best ball, is something we like here. I know Jared just finally did a draft. I was talking about some of the drafts I've done recently. Zach, you've done basketball before, right? Um, I've done one or two. I haven't done any this year yet, but uh, I'll be looking to get into that once I can get my underdog situation figured out. Yeah, the live draft. Hopefully, you'll be a part of that one. But I've done best ball. I actually did it once last year. Took second place. Had a very good team, and my which we'll talk about my strategy and other strategies. Let's go into that right now, but. I went hero RB last year. That's kind of what won it for me. Uh, and also getting Cooper Cup really late. I think I got him like in the fifth round. So uh, talk about a steal there. I think he was pretty much going in the fifth the last year. But I went hero RB in that. I took two solid I like Dalvin Cook. And then I don't even know who else I had. But I, I went maybe Eckler I got somehow. I don't know. It was it was weird how that worked last year. But hero RB is what I did. And um, that ended up getting for me. I got pass catchers like, like as you I mentioned, Cooper Cup who performed well late. I'll talk about some of the best ball drafts I have gotten done this year so far, but I guess, is there a specific strategy? Cause we'll talk about like the strategy with positions, like in the aspect of how many you want, but first I'm talking like specific positions. Is there like a strategy? Do you, do you try to go hero RB? Do you punt tight end? What do you do? What do you do? Zach, I'll start with you. Um, I guess I try and get um, kind of a little bit of every position. Uh, that's my favorite thing in, um, kind of the best ball drafts just so I don't have one position that's lacking behind because I think every position you can find value late like receivers you can have guys at Cooper Cup that you get in the fifth and they're number one overall receiver there's going to be guys that you can get in the eighth ninth rounds they're going to produce for you same with running back you can get those handcuffs that they're going to produce if the main guy goes down they're going to have some standalone value so I kind of like to just kind of I guess diversify my my roster, get a little bit of everything, and then just kind of dried it out. What do you do, Jared? So this was my first best ball draft um, I've ever done, and I found a nice strategy. Actually, what I did, I went to my tight end. So I got Mark Andrews in the second round, which might seem like a reach, but I had to. So I thought as as the rounds went on, I had to get my receivers and running backs. So I thought do I need another tight end? Like I'm going to take one later for my bye week but like who's going to outvalue Mark Andrews on my team? Like he's probably going to put out the most points anyways. So I kind of just put off tight end a little bit, got my one tight end. Then I went receivers and running backs and quarterbacks. And then I came back and I got Noah Fant, which isn't the best, but I mean, I got someone that can be a, a 
fill in for the bye week. I don't think anyone that I would have gotten that that far down would have outproduced Mark Andrews anyways. So I that's kind of the strategy I use. So I could just stash some receivers and running backs then. So going off the tight ends, Jared, what what I tend to do, it's it's really a lot of I mean it's really different from that, basically, is how I'd sum it up. I what I, I do, which I like, you know, hero tight end can work, right? I mean looking in past tight ends. Maybe, maybe you know, this year could be the best, one of the best years to do it, right? With guys like Kelsey and Andrews, especially going as high as they are. But um, what I like to do is I like to get three tight ends on my roster, maybe four. That might sound like a lot, but like if you think about it, there's there's weeks where tight ends will like a lot of inconsistency with the tight end position. If I can get four guys who I think could break out, so in this twelve team one, I got Cole Komet, Irv Smith, Austin Hoover, Hooper, and Cameron Brait. Four guys who I think it could break out. I mean, Brait. See, those are four. Those are four decent tight ends. Like I, they're not like a an outstanding tight end that you can mm-hmm. like rely on. I like that strategy too. Um, I don't think anyone in my league actually had four tight ends. I think some people had three. Most had two. So I was kind of also following what they did because this is my first time ever doing a best ball draft. So I was like looking for some guidelines along the way too. But I, I do see that because like if you have four decent tight ends, any one of them can break out every week. Um, I might be relying on Mark Andrews a little too much, but. Well, once again, that's my first time ever doing this. I I do not, you know, advocate doing the um, four tight end if you get a guy like Mark Andrews or even mm-hmm. three tight end. I, I mean, maybe three tight end, but like the reason I I kind of went with that, I got Brayton Hooper with like my last two picks. But you have to have solid receivers, solid running backs in order to like pull that off. Even mix up like Zach said, diversify. That's the beauty of best ball. That's probably like you know the golden rule of best ball in my opinion. Mixing guys with high floors, but yet getting guys with high ceilings. And what, what we mean by that, so my running backs, I got like Leonard Fournette's, you know, one of my guys, pretty high floor. And then I also have Damian Pierce, Zemir White. So I kind of like have those two guys there. So I, I tried to pair them. You know, I got Leonard Fournette, I got the high floor guy, I got Pierce, who you know has, has a high, pretty high ceiling, I'd say, but we don't know where his floor might be. It's certainly lower than Fournette's, Zemir White. And then I also got David Montgomery in there as well. I guess, what do you think about that running back pair? Is that something you guys try to do high floor with, with some high ceiling? Running backs were tough for me. Yeah. I, I got Eckler actually first round. So I got okay. a solid running back and then I kind of just, I mean, Travis Etienne's not bad. I mean, he's good second. Um, but after that, it was kind of tough. So I kind of just took players that could have breakout years. I mean, Cordell Patterson is my third is kind of rough and then melvin gordon solid backup it's pretty bad but i had six six running backs um well jd mckissick's my fifth and then daryl oh. williams is my six so it's it wasn't it wasn't so the best daryl williams he's an rb3 yeah, you know I benjamin know. even has that spot he was eight uh 204 he was my 197th pick he was my last pick i'm pretty sure was that a 12 team jared yeah, 12 team. Okay. Um, Actually, he was my second last pick. I got a backup quarterback. I got Davis Mills, third string. So let me Sorry. ask you a question. It's best balls half PPR, which I guess we I didn't mention right away. I apologize for not mentioning that. But be, having it half PPR, does that, you know, obviously it's going to affect you less than a PPR league, like in terms of like looking for those reception guys. But how much did you value that when you were drafted? Um, did, you, did, I, did you take that into account at all? I mean, I was still going to take Eckler. I know he's a big pass catcher, okay. so he's going to help either way. But then Travis Etienne, I mean, you go with him. It, it, I didn't really factor it in too much. He's still a young rookie. I mean, he's going to 
put up the numbers. I don't know if he's a big pass catcher yet. I haven't seen much out of him, but I I didn't really factor it in that that much. I look I look for a lot of volume, maybe, which and this might be a flaw of me looking and when I see PPR, maybe I'm looking for too much, you know, volume guys who guys who are gonna get a lot of targets, even with it being half. I still I still value that maybe more than I should. So my receivers ended up Justin Jefferson, great. DJ Moore, awesome. But the other two guys, my wide receiver threes is where I wanted to hear your thoughts. Deontay Johnson, Robert Woods in a 12 team. Is that what, what do you guys think? I mean, those both those guys that they're going to get a lot of targets in my opinion. Is that, are those, is that how you'd kind of approach it? Get guys with a lot of volume or who we think are going to have a lot of volume, even though it's half PPR. Is that something you'd still do? Like guys like Mooney, I throw in there as well. And McLaurin Christian Kirk. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yep. You the same as you did. Um, I mean, I guess both those guys that you mentioned with Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson, I don't know how high their floor is. I think they could also be, both of them can turn out to be bust this year. I think just because Robert Woods, he's 30, he's recovering from torn ACL. Usually it takes receivers a year to come back to full, full production from before that. Now, I mean, Woods does have a great situation in Tennessee where he's, I mean, Tannehill's not the greatest quarterback, but he can get the job done. And who is he competing with for targets? I mean, you got Traylon Burks, who's a rookie. So I think he's going to get the targets like you mentioned. I just don't know how how well he's going to do with those. So I think he's he's going to definitely um, kind of add points to your team some weeks, but I think there's going to be quite a few weeks where he doesn't produce for you. So I guess it's just – it's at that point it just comes down to I guess pretty much luck on your end. Just if Robert Woods and Deontay Johnson get the targets the same week or different weeks. So I think it's always just good having them on your team though, just in case yeah. one of them breaks out a week and then you can, you know, have that but, little cushion, I guess. Well, for the roster construction, so it's you start each week. We should probably add this. One quarterback, three wide receiver, two running back. Sorry, I did this flip flop. One tight end, one flex, ten bench spots. So if you think about that, you're starting for sure three wide receivers. It's half PPR, and it just depends on points, right? I mean, you don't really set your lineup, but may, do you, would you prefer to go um, heavy wide receiver? Like, I'd say, you know, wide receiver heavy, so you're really starting four wide receivers a week? Or would you prefer to just go to two running backs and maybe even have three a week? Is there a preference there, or, like, how would you approach that? Being PPR? I saw half- both. I saw both in my, in my league. Um when I started drafting, there was someone that had like one quarterback, one running back, like five receivers and a tight end. I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. They were stashing receivers pretty high. So, I mean, I think that having the three, you could possibly start four receivers a week with the flex. So I think that that's why I went six running backs, seven receivers, just to have that extra person that could possibly, you know, get some points. So I think receivers heavy, especially in, I mean, not too many running backs that are going to get the receptions that receivers do. So I think having the receivers uh, highly valued is going to be the extra step that some, some teams might need. I still think you got to start like your first five picks you should have, you should get your two starting running backs, you should get your two starting receivers, and then either a tight end or quarterback, one of the mm-hmm. two, whichever you choose, whatever. And then I think you need to have at least one, preferably two of kind of the middle range running backs, kind of like Ramondre Stevenson, um, Damian Pierce, guys that can, they'll have weeks where they might have 20, 25 points, something like that. They're going to have those good weeks, but then they're also going to have weeks where 
they might be under five points, kind of like that. And then there's also a lot of those middle-range receivers that can provide value to your team. So I think in the first probably 10 rounds, you want kind of like four four and four for running backs, receivers, and then like a tight end quarterback. I guess that would be that's my strategy when I go into it in the first couple of rounds, and after that, it's pretty much just who I like where. So, so I tried doing that. I mean, I want to know what you guys think about this because my first pick was Eckler. Then I went Mark Andrews with my second. I had I had the uh, fifth pick. So I got Eckler at five, then Andrews at 20. And then I had to go receiver. And the only, the best available was A.J. Brown. I wasn't too excited about it. But he's my receiver number one. Was D.J. Moore available? No, he was. Oh, wait. Yeah, he was. He was. I don't, I'm not as high as him like you are. But um, Did you take him over? Like I'm, I'm assuming Pittman was gone. He was gone. Yeah, I was gonna take Pittman, and he went like two before uh, AJ Brown did. I'm fine with Brown. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm not an AJ Brown hater. I still think you got yourself a top fifteen receiver for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I think AJ Brown. I don't. I still don't know. Like floor wise, that that's the other thing for me. Like like, I think I mean, he's gonna be inconsistent. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because what if what if that offense? I, I know you know oh they're gonna be they're gonna be passing more as the talk in camp and they've been passing more. But um, what if they run the ball as much as they did last year? AJ Brown finishes as a what wide receiver? I mean that's a question right now. Fill in the blank. Yeah, twenty. 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm with you, Zach. I, I think I think that's gonna hurt his value. And that's not, actually myself being a dynasty holder. A little concerned about this first year. I know they played, I, and I know AJ Browns looks like the best receiver in camp. I get that, but if they're not running passing plays, he's not going to be getting the ball. As, as simple as that sounds, that's just how it is. Quarterbacks. Guys, is, oh, sorry. What are you guys' concerns in um, best ball? Um, what do you think of like injuries? Because I know AJ Browns had some injury issues in the past. I mean, last year he missed it was like four or five games, something like that. <laughs> is that something yeah. you guys factor into it? So. Sure. Um, that's what I hate about my team, because you'll be surprised. After uh, AJ Brown, I went Travis Etienne, good, and then my next receiver was Michael Thomas. And did you give him a discount? Off, I did. Yeah, he's coming okay. off an injury. Um, I had to get him at that point. He was like the last one up there, so I was like, let's just take him. So my whole team is based on injuries, basically. If they're if they stay healthy, I'm, I'm good. But and then I got Christian Kirk after that with the next pick. So that's one of the big things. Then I went. Then I went Trey Lance, and I got Christian Kirk. Okay. So. Yeah, we like that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say, Zach? That's like one of the big things at best ball. I guess is if there is somebody that gets injured, say you you take one of your top two running backs gets injured out for the season. I mean, that kind of, that dampens your team lock because there's nothing you can do about it. So it's all luck. Yeah, exactly. I, I value injury. So I, I took Miles Sanders actually in this one. I really try to pair guys with pretty good injury history, but at running back, especially just to throw out position, it is hard to find running backs with a limited, maybe with a safe injury history. Like I, I just don't think that exists to be honest. Mm-hmm. And if it does, you're looking at the rookies. You're looking at those guys who maybe, you know, like, that's why I took Zamir White, Damian Pierce, those two guys, because I think Zamir White, uh, look, Jacobs gets injured, and so, it sounds like Zamir White's going to have a role from the get-go, at least is what we're hearing. Damian Pierce, we'll talk about it in the news when we get to that. It sounds like Damian Pierce, you know, he is. He's he's, the, he's already won in Houston. Yeah. It happened. It's crazy stuff. Didn't Bernie Vandenhoevel take him in um, a rookie like draft? Seventh like, overall. Yeah, seventh uh, overall. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. 
some good value there. Sometimes, you know, things are crazy. That's just how it works out. But uh, look, in best ball, otherwise, I mean, we, we kind of tell you why you should join it, right? I mean, if you like drafting, you just roll it out through there. I guess I want to talk about quarterback a little bit before we start talking about some of the news. So quarterback, quarterback position, you start one, right? I tend to, I would rather do two quarterback and three tight end than two then um three quarterback and two tight end does that make sense do you guys agree with me um yeah. yes and no i agree but once again when i had mark andrews and i had okay. like a player like trey lance and i got Jameis winston with my second quarterback i was like the last pick i could have went tight end or quarterback and i went davis mills just to have a nice backup on there so i did take three quarterbacks over three tight ends but it depends who it, it really depends what tight end you get like we like we talked about if you're getting like borderline you know like top 10 tight ends then you want to have as like more but if you have an elite tight end you're going to want to have more probably quarterbacks i think that's the same thing with quarterbacks if you get one of the top like 6 7 quarterbacks like what are the chances that somebody else is going to outscore them one week i mean it's probably pretty yeah. low so as long as you get those two quarterbacks that do start and also with quarterbacks you really don't have to worry about injuries much just cuz the nature of the position they don't get injured and it's, it's just you can do the same thing as you do a tight end yeah and in this in this 12 team league i was in today the draft josh allen went second round patrick mahomes went right after him and then herbert yeah. went third round i'm like that's a stupid They're, so i can't i couldn't you know play my draft any premium. way i wanted to yeah, yeah. No. i i will always punt quarterback in best ball teams and it's just because the value i, I hate it i hate the value they're going at so my two quarterbacks in this 12 team best ball kirk cousins trevor lawrence what do you think I okay. think Kirk Cousins I mean, is going to be the he's the floor guy, and then Trevor Lawrence yep. is the upside. There you go, guy. Zach. Uh, that, that's yeah. kind of that was the approach, and it kind of got thrown a little bit for a ride. Um, but I ended up with those two. I'm fine with it in a 12 team. You obviously would want I would want a a, a better floor guy than Cousins, maybe. But I'm fine with that. I still think Cousins could finish top top 12. I believe he'd be more in the later the he, latter part. He's underrated as fantasy quarterback, yeah. especially if. Of, uh, with a uh, O'Connell coming in and if they're going to more pass happy offense, like he could, he can improve even more. And I, okay. Actually, there's another thing I want to talk about stacking. Listen to the stack. I did Kirk cousins, Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith is what I did. So you might be wondering, why would you stack? Well, when I stack, I can, so I always look, think about daily fantasy baseball. You, you try to stack three players, right. With an offense that you think is going to do well, because player a, um, you know, gets a base hit, player B, it's a home run. You get points for player A and player B. Essentially, in this, Kirk Cousins gets a passing touchdown for Justin Jefferson. Boom, I get double the points. It's an aspect you'll see. Some people will do this even in the last, like, the last, like, best ball championship. So, like, the best ball mania, the big events or whatever. They will, like, pair, like, a good receiver and a good quarterback who have a great matchup, like, the best ball championship, basically, so they can stack it. it it's... You know, you could go about that, I guess, stacking. Are you for it? I personally, like, it's not something I'm really hunting, but, like, if I see it and I think I can pursue it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. In baseball, it's it's what you need to do to win the, the big money. Um, You look at the top teams and everyone's stacking. My only problem with that is I had Trey Lance and uh, Debo Samuel and uh, Brandon Ayuk were both off the table. So I'm not stacking anyone else at that point, so I'd, I couldn't stack, but I did stack uh, James. Kittle? You know, he was gone. He was third tight end, and I had Mark Andrews, or fourth tight end behind Kyle Pitts. 
But I have uh, I do have a little stack. I have Jameis Winston, and then I do have uh, Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. I got pretty late too, so I, I do have a, a little I like stack. That. So that's something. Yeah. But, Chris yeah. Olave. Yeah, he could I he could be rookie wide receiver one this year. So you know Hopefully. it could happen. It could happen. There's there's a, a lot of guys, a lot of great receivers, but um, yeah, I want to talk about stacking there. I guess Zach, um, we we'll, we'll get back to you on that. Um, oh well, well there he is. We we'll, we don't have to get back to him. There he is, uh, Zach. So what is your thoughts about stacking? Are you are you pursuing it? Do you like it? Um, I mean, if the value's there, yeah, I'm not gonna go go like rounds one and two take Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. I think that's it's just the cost on that stack is too high. And I think Josh Allen's always going to be targeting multiple guys. We saw it last year with Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. They all got their fair share of targets too. But I think if you can, if you get one of those top two receivers and then you can like kind of like the Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, if you can get that receiver in the first, second round and then get their quarterback in the eighth, ninth, something like that. I mean, why not go for it? Cause at that point in, it can quite possibly be your second quarterback as well. And also to add to that, the only thing that's wrong with stacking in best ball is like the bye week. You're going to have a lot of buys on the same week and then you just yeah. take a big hit that week, but it could still work yeah. out. And that's, and, and that depends, you know, if you're doing the best ball where like you play against someone like the week without like, right. It more depends mm-hmm. on that. Cause yeah. you begin just a loss that week in that aspect, even, or like, if you're doing total points, maybe you'd be more, I mean, best ball or stacking would be more, you know, appealing to you, I'd say. But um, we're going to kind of transition here, guys. We're going to go through and we're going to talk about some news. So this this first piece coming from ESPN, the Washington, right? Washington Commanders This was a big story that happened this past week. Uh, The running back, Brian Robinson, right? We heard about him. He was released from the hospital yesterday. So that'll be Monday, one day after being shot twice in an armed robbery attempt. So um, great news there for Robinson. Uh, the team right now is with this way ESPN's reporting remains optimistic about his chances of playing this season. Uh, of course, we wish Brian Robinson the best of an unfortunate situation there in Washington. And um, I guess with it guys, um, what, what do you guys think about this? So he's, they're optimistic about his chances playing. Do we think he's going to end up playing? I think, there's a chance later in the year. Certainly, it's got to be this first, you know, four to six weeks for sure. I, I don't think we're going to be seeing any of Brian Robinson, fortunately. No, I think that. I mean, good for good that he's still in okay. I mean, surgery went well, but I think that they're not going to rush it. They're going to ease into it, and I think that Gibson will be their starter, and they'll be fine with that. They're not going to try to rush Robinson back before he's fully healthy. I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, obviously, getting healthy for Brian Robinson is first priority way over football right now. So until he gets back to full health, he's probably not going to be back. I don't think the commanders are going to want him back until he is fully healthy um, just because they do have Gibson. I, I don't think they're going to be pushing for anything great. or As like in the Super Bowl, I don't think they are be pushing for uh, going deep in the playoffs. But I think, yeah, if you're looking at just fantasy value, um, Brian Robinson, if – you're making a play at him late in the season, maybe. But otherwise, I think Gibson's going to go back to what his value was um, before Brian Robinson started coming out and um, playing great in the preseason. So I think Gibson's going to go back to that. I think it was like fifth-round fifth, fifth round value, something like that. 
Does Jaden McKissick's value go up then too? I would guess it does. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. His value stems right from PPR. That's where I'd be taking him. half PPR. No, it has to be PPR for me for McKissick. I just yeah. I, I don't value as much with that Robbins. Late, late pick, or, I got him in best ball. So. Yeah, and with um, with Robinson, it's it's looking right now. So he was shot in the glute and lower leg. That's what Ian Rapport reports, and both are non non life threatening. And um, right, I mean Zach, Zach, you hit it right in the nose. Football is not really not the important part right now. It's about his health, and Rapport highlights that as well. But um, he for sure, and he is right now. Is this at least what Ian Rapport's reporting? But again, this isn't the most important part. He has not been ruled out for playing at some point this season. So it could be in the picture. But right now, Robinson um, is going to be more of a guy you hold on to in your leagues. He's going to be a guy, at least in the dynasty setting, you're, of course, holding on. We've seen the talent from Robinson, a guy you know, you'd want on your squad for sure. But again, we're wishing Brian Robinson the best here from Journey Million. But let's go through some more news here, guys. NFL Rumors was the account we talked about from a few weeks ago. We we utilized, I think it was even last week, actually. And we're going to be going. We're going to be doing their news lines here again. Go So go check them out. They will be linked down below here. It's at NFL Rooms. So it's R-U-M-S or NFL Rums. Um, the, the first, you know, big news, they do a great job reporting highlights, camp standouts, all that great stuff, everything for football. Um. And going through it, uh, the big the big news was uh, with, of course, we talked about, um, or actually the one we wanted to talk about here, guys, was with, where is it? Alex Leatherwood. That was the one with him being released, the former first-round pick. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, moving on from Leatherwood already, he was a 2021 first-round pick, I should add. So that's how quick this was. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, they, they basically looked out, see if they could have traded him. And the report said they got 32 no's. So no one wanted him. Surprising. Um, they were probably asking too much out of him. And uh, they'll go on waivers. And maybe he'll clear waivers and go to their practice squad. But it's surprising. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't one of my favorite picks in that after the 2021 draft was done. And it, it, it just continues the line of Raiders first round picks. If you keep going back and looking, um, they had that one year where they got Damian Arnett, they got uh, Josh Jacobs. And, I have it up here, Zach, if you want yeah. me to go through them. So this yeah. NFL Rumors did a great job going through this. Alex Leatherwood released. 2020, Henry Ruggs, the third, released. Mm-hmm. Damian Arnett, released in 2020. And then um, Cleland Farrell, his fifth year was declined. Jonathan Abram, fifth year declined. Josh Jacobs, fifth year declined. So there's your stat there, Zach. Um, But what what were you saying more about Leatherwood? Um, It's just I wasn't a big fan of him as a prospect coming out of Alabama. And then I think the Raiders reached on him a little bit um, as it was. And, I mean, if they think they got the the pieces around him, um, obviously he wasn't playing great. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got released. But if they got – they got different plans. I mean, I guess that's kind of up to them. I feel like yep. somebody will be taking a shot at him, though, just because this year would be his second year. So I think he does ha- still have some upside, and somebody's going to take a shot at him. I think so, yeah, too. I think, I think the whole thing was that they were just asking for a lot out of him. Is there, like Zach said, that uh, 
since he was just drafted in 2021, do they need to get a first out of him or something? Like, are they looking to probably try to fill that value that they took him at? I mean, I, I don't think anyone was going to will was willing to give up that much for him. So I think he he won't clear waivers. I don't think. I think someone will soup him up. Yeah, that's that's looking like a likely possibility here for Leatherwood. Let's go to Houston. Talk about the Texans. Damian Pierce right now uh, with Jared's. Former running back Marlon Mack being released. Have to add that. Damian Pierce, who I do hold in a dynasty league, will now be the starter for the Houston Texans. That's surprising to me. Not not Pierce, but Mack uh, being released. That's kind of surprising because before Pierce's like ascension in training camp, he was projected to be their starter, right? Wasn't he? His yep. his yep. He was on the line for that. Yeah. That's people crazy. were picking him up in dynasties right when drafts were ending. People were stashing mm-hmm. him, and boom, he gets released. And Damian Pierce is your guy, Zach. What do you think about giving the rookies RB1 there in Houston? I mean, I think you still got to keep into account that it is the Houston Texans offense. They're not going to yeah. be a top-five offense. Probably going to be bottom bottom 10. Um, so I think that's going to definitely hamper his value, but he's still going to get, as the RB1, he's going to get the value he's going to get. He's going to get carries. He's probably going to get some receptions as well. So I think where he's going right now is like ninth, ninth round, something like that in redraft leagues. So I think he's his ADP is probably going to climb. Um, I mean, we don't know how far it's going to climb yet, but it's something to keep an eye on. If it does start climbing up into the the fifth the fifth round, I think that's uh, the too dead high. zone. So yeah, I mean so that it, it all about- depends how high it climbs about being not not being on a good offense i mean you see like christian mccaffrey he makes it work you know like there's still value there i think that i like that offense like, jared nope you like the oh no because baker mayfield i think is gonna bring that offense at least to um drew's a big mid. baker mayfield believer is he well i think yeah. he could i think he can make that offense um a 10th a 10th or 20 off you know 11 through 20 i maybe. should say maybe that might be a better way to put it but I, I get what you're going with it right offense you know still i mean there's still gonna be offenses that can produce with poor running back talent but more news here it goes to i want to talk about denzel mims so this is with zach's jets i guess we talked about jared's colts a little zach's jets <laughs> now um so denzel mims it sounds like the jets will not cut him and it sounds like they will trade him is kind of what NFL rumors is reporting. I mean, we, we've heard them heard uh, Mims being linked to some teams, which caused his dynasty ads to just shoot through the roof. I guess, do we think Denzel Mims is going to end up getting traded? I know we'll talk about a trade later here uh, with LaVisca Chenault, who we actually talked about a few weeks ago. But Denzel Mims, is this really a big deal there with the Jets? He had a lot of upside and. Now he just it just hasn't panned out for him in New York. Do you think he's on the move? He did look good in their last preseason game. So I yeah, that's a huge plus. Um I think if he goes to the right team, I would I wouldn't be opposed to the Packers um making a little trade for him. Kind of depends depends what uh what the Jets want in return. But I think if he goes to the right situation, uh he can he can still produce. He's still he's a first round pick for a reason, or first round, second round, something like that. He was a high so, pick, yes. Yeah, he is a high pick for a reason. It's not like the talent's not there. It's just either situation or just the scheme. I, I don't know what it is, but he still has some value in, in other teams. 
So yeah. maybe sorry, the Packers sorry. could take him, add to that crowded receiving core they got there, right? Can I throw another receiver in there? Jalen Rager. His trade market is supposedly heating up from NFL rumors. Are we buying to this one? This is another guy who had a, at least a better camp for a guy who has been seen almost as a bust. I mean, I actually had him in a dynasty league. I mean, people have dropped him, and that's how it's been. I guess, what do you guys think with that? Do you think who's more likely to move, Rager or Mims, I would ask? And, Jared, who would your pick be? I would think Mims is more likely to move. I think Rager um, – I don't know. I think I think I think Mims is on the way out, like you said, coming to an end. I think they're going to explore what they can get for him. Rager is just kind of like a see what we can get. Maybe we, if not, we can hold on to him. Still has some value, kind of like that. Yeah, that could be the way. Zach, how would you go with that? Um, I, I would say, I'll go with Rager, um, just because he he's shown some flashes. He's He's gotten the targets. He just his big issues drops. He's had a crazy amount of drops. So we've seen receivers like that turn around in the past. So we saw Jamar Chase last year couldn't catch anything in the preseason. Comes to the regular season and it's just phenomenal. We saw Devontae Adams. He used to have a big issue with drops as well. Um, now he's top receiver in the NFL. So I think um, teams are going to look at that and they're going to think that he still has potential as long as he can. If he can reverse the whole drop issue and, um, I guess, learn how to catch the ball, I think he's, <laughs> he, he's he can be good. He still has to learn. He hasn't gotten that part yet. <laughs> I mean, from how he's played, no. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, we'll move through more news here. So, Kenyon Drake, right? I mean, we knew he was going to get picked up. It was just a matter of when and not if. But he goes to the Ravens. So, People picked up Mike Davis. Tough luck. Kenny Drake's there. He's going to swoop up all of those pass-catching abilities. Mike Davis will be just – sounds like he'll be just like a, a first down, maybe runner. We'll, we'll see. I, I Davis's value, value certainly goes down with Drake getting scooped up. But I guess this is kind of more of an impact. I mean, I, I hate, hate to not sound optimistic, but – Maybe maybe three weeks, maybe four weeks. This will impact at the start of the season. I don't see a lot of value in this. Maybe if you were looking for a hot start in a big league, like we're talking like 20-team league, maybe not 20, but like 14, 16-team league, maybe there you go. There's your running back. You see the uh, the trend with the 32-team league going around? Maybe you could pick him up in like the, the fifth round of a 32-team league. That's some good value there, Zach. Would you be on that? I don't know why you'd want to do a 32-team league. We did a 16-team <laughs> lag last year, and by like the fourth, fifth round, it was, it was just guys that like you don't even know if they're going to be. That was fun. Which <laughs> they're going to say. Jay Ajayi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if we did a 32-team auction draft? Oh, God. No. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking seven hours we just set aside for this. More than that. <laughs> it's just a whole day. It would yeah. be... Uh, <laughs> That would be, and it's fab budget too. So you're running waiver wire. Oh, that would be something. There would be no waiver wire if there's that many teams. Like the waiver yeah. wire would be like well, a, you, you a have like two bench spots, twenty five roster spots. I don't even. I don't even know. That'd be hard to do. Um. Otherwise, let's go through. There's two or three more news pieces I want to talk about. Bills releasing tight end OJ Howard. I wasn't surprised about this. Were Were, were you guys surprised OJ Howard got released? Did he get resigned then, or wait, what happened with that? I guess what did he get resigned? Did he go like 
there was OJ Howard was an interesting update because with him getting released, because let's look at the news. You know, they released him. He's not going anywhere. No, though he's gone. I yeah. just didn't know. Yeah, Dawson Knox. He, he could have been a. Is he he would have been their third string backup. Is he their backup? Or is he their third? Would he have been? I don't know. I think he, he would have been their backup for sure. <laughs> uh, the Packers have been a team linked to them early. That's why I was checking if he got re-signed anywhere yet, just to make sure. But a team might pick him up. Solid backup, if not third string. Why not? Yeah, Riley in the chat said, um, by the way, he said that sounds ridiculous regarding the 32-team style. (laughs) Yeah, Riley, we would not be doing that. (laughs) Maybe you could sit through one and tell us how long it took. But O.J. Howard is certainly right now an honest squad, but the Green Bay Packers could be be a suitor. Zach and I are Green Bay Packers. How about that? But uh, other news pieces had one more big one. Okay, LaVisca Chenault is the big one, so um, you might not think it is, but the pat the the uh, what is it? Um, broken tackle man himself, right? There you go, yeah. Jared. You see, <laughs> see, that's why we do games. Jared would not have been able to tell you that. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that, or Zach wouldn't have been able to tell you that. Uh, before that game, we did it, and that's how it is. LaVisca Chenault is a Carolina Panther for Colin Ratzak, his Carolina Panthers, so. I, I sent you guys. I'm like, who does this hurt? I said right away. I was like, this hurts Robbie Anderson the most, right? Uh, that's where I would assess it as DJ Moore. I don't think he's hurt by this. Of he's still he got his yeah. wide yeah. receiver. You know, he's still going to be wide receiver 10 through 12. Um, but otherwise, at least that's like his floor. I'd say there you go. But um, Max Matt, or what was his ceiling? Seven. Yeah. Well, Zach, Zach somewhere got six. I'm, I can live with six. <laughs> But I was like, holy crap, Zach, you're, you're pushing it for me even. But uh, with LaVisca Chenault, right, here it's Robbie Anderson the most. Is that what consensus would say? Yeah. Thank you, sure. Zach. Uh, <laughs> any other news pieces you guys wanted to talk about? We're over 40 minutes in already. This has been a great episode so far. I mean, was it C.J. Gardner-Johnson got traded to the Eagles, right? A little something there. Yeah, there's something that happened. That happened um, today, right? Yeah. A lot of stuff happened today, right, with today being the deadline. Matt Barkley was released by the Bills as well. Quarterback. Legend. Oh, um, uh, Ian Book. Ian Book got released. That's something. That, he <laughs> played horrendous. I mean, it hey, was, it was yeah. tough. He, he won me a league last year. I picked up, <laughs> I think it was the Dolphins defense when they played the Saints. And they went off there. I think they got like 25 points or something like that. He won me a league. Or one yeah. a week, <laughs> and also yeah, right. Tyler Tyler Goodson, Packer running back. At that was too. big. That was big news. But yeah, the trade. Uh, Jared mentioned right Chauncey Gardner Johnson going. Um, with that trade, I guess let me pull up the full trade details on that. But anyone have initial thoughts seeing Gardner yes, Johnson Riley, get moved? Riley, the Eagles are winning the the uh, NFC East this year. I book it, yeah, I, I agree. agree. Yeah, me and book it. If you know, I can say that. Uh, Next uh, high on the Eagles. Uh, yeah, Ian Booker. Yeah. Hey, they uh, got a uh, great roster. And the Garner Johnson pick just makes it even better. Their only competition was the Cowboys, and they didn't get much better. Co- so. Yeah, Cowboys just getting worse, worse and yeah. worse by the day. Do you see the Cowboys dropped uh, all their backup quarterbacks? The only quarterback they have in their roster. They dropped uh, Ben DiNucci, right? I saw the, yeah. Ben I DiNucci? The yeah. Danucci, yeah. 
I saw yeah, that. Dak's their only quarterback on their roster right now. <laughs> That's uh let's pick up like Tim Tebow or something. Yeah, and Nathan Peterman we... got cut, so he's he out did. There. I saw that. Yeah, he's out there. He's out there, Jared. Your your squad are are they? They don't. How many? Do they want how many points do you lose for interceptions? Because he'll <laughs> he'll average like three or four. It could happen. So again, that trade, uh, Philadelphia they received Garner Johnson's and a Saints seventh round draft choice in twenty twenty five. Saints they get the fifth round draft pick in twenty twenty three. And then it's like a it's the lower of the two sixth round picks in 2024 is how that trade worked. So I think that was great trade for Philadelphia. Many people enjoying that trade in the industry. Thank you, Riley and Jared for mentioning that deal as well. But I guess Eagles are winning the NFC East is what we determined. We know the Packers are winning the North and we know so much better. It's hard, not hard to say that the Cowboys still win that. And we know, that Zach is winning money off of Jared this year because of the bets they made. That's a given. <laughs> Guaranteed. Colt second AFC South. That's no. I could owe Zach twenty dollars after week one if the Colts lose. Um it's in I could owe him another correct. No, it's in uh, Houston. In in Indianapolis against oh, Houston, Houston week one. Week when three play is at Jacksonville. At, at Jacksonville's week three. What do you guys think about that okay, when I put so up there? Week three. Whoa. Whoa, 49ers? That's what, that's what we're, we're being told. I mean, okay. there's a lot of people saying like 49ers have, I think I saw a breakdown of who has the best chance to win the Super Bowl. I think 49ers were fifth or sixth. I think it's too risky I mean, with. They're getting Trey hyped Lance. up a lot right now. I just, I think Trey Lance is going to have some growing pains. So that's going to, yeah, going to lose them some games. Yeah, that yeah. could happen. But I guess what do we think with the, the Jimmy Garoppolo things, him staying there? He's the highest paid backup now, isn't he? That's yeah, like six million yeah. or something. Why would he's he not the best with... backup? Not the best. It's Gardner Minshew, best backup in football. I mean, <laughs> I think no. It said the like you told me, Zach. The um, the clause with Baker or with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has a he gets to choose where he goes basically after next year. Um, so if the team injury comes up, I mean, he could even just see an opportunity and go to that team right away. I mean, get a starting spot. He has the talent for it. So, What are the chances if this year, say Trey Lance has two or three games in a row that throws a couple picks, you know, doesn't look great. What are the chances we see Jimmy come in and play a game or two? That was my fear of drafting Trey Lance. 70%. That, that could actually happen. Yeah. I'd say it's 70%. I, w- I would be confident in because look, and I, I know Jimmy G's proven to win you football games. And I, that might sound weird. That might sound dumb, but um, I know he won't put up the fantasy points or be that fantasy guy we want, but Jimmy G is going to win you games. He's gotten them to the big games. He has won them all as any quarterback has not, but he has gotten you there. And I think that um, he, we could see him in this year. I, I certainly wouldn't be looking at fantasy. But he's beaten some good teams in the playoffs too, hasn't he? He has, he has. Even though he's played horrendous. Yeah. That that was insightful, Jared. We do appreciate that. But I think that's gonna wrap it up here for us guys on this Tuesday afternoon. Kind of hit through the announcements, Instagram and Twitter at Drew Sports Crew. Of course, go find us there. And then we had all of our personal ones, Thrive Fantasy. You can check us out. Uh Zach, Jared, any good bets you guys are running for week one? Any new ones? Any anything there? 
Uh, not yeah. really. I just waiting for week one to come along. I have my, I think I have like fifty bucks worth of bets in right now. So hopefully that's those it. Zach out. has Zach. How much you got in, in for week one? A little too much, maybe, but quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> Why Zach not? Could Why be not join a, him? A, he could win a couple thousand, couldn't he? If everything <laughs> hits, it, it'll be over a thousand. Yeah. So we'll wait and we'll see that his journey to millions going right now, but that'll <laughs> wrap it up here for myself, Drew Skyberg, along with Zach Roush and Jared Valeski. So thank you all for coming out. Thank you, Riley, especially. So thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew's sports crew, the journey to a million, the perfect podcast for you.